No, wait, wait. Wait, you're not ready? Fucking papers. All right, wait. Uh, uh, yeah! <laughs> I like this music. I'm feeling it. Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Anti-Wave. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the black films to Hollywood's white films. That's not as good, but you know, it's kind of there. It touches base. I, I really just wanted to start the show because you spilled your papers everywhere. Yeah, and... No, you're off topic right now. That was a good cover, but oh, so I'm not don't, buying don't try it. to change the I mean, topic I, from maybe your topic. I thought you were going to say something about how we're like roaming over the sea of films. Ooh, roaming. I thought about that on the nice. way over here. I give that a B+. This plus. is a podcast all about the films that roam Roman. away from Hollywood. Hollywood's typical Ooh. film. And, and we're mentioning the word Rome because the film is... Roma. Yes, it is. And our top five is... Top five aromas. <laughs> no. Top <laughs> five... Uh, what? What is it? Pregnant women. Pregnancy yeah. movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pregnant women in films. Mm. Yep. Films about pregnant women. Mm. Does it have to be women? Films, you know, don't you know me well I enough. I knew you were going to say that. But we did say women, but I was vacillated. I was interpreting... I don't know too many movies that have men, but... I do, I do. Oh, I know one. I, I know one. Is that on your oh, list? Well, I it's a scoop, because uh, I thought, well, we said women, it's I'll not... tell you, I have one that you're going to say, ooh, good one. It's... I can't wait. Are all... I almost want to begin okay, with okay, it. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. no don't I, don't I, ask your question. I know you're going to ask it. Don't, don't ask put a muzzle on me. Ask it when we get to the top me. five. Here we go. Are they human? Let's talk about... Are they... Roma. Wait. Let's talk about Roma instead. We're getting off kilter here? Yeah, we can talk about our weekend review, too, if you want. We're not going to do the weekend review? Yeah, what'd you see this week, Ira? No, no, no. Do it your way, if that's what you want. No, what'd you see this week? No, really? Yeah. You're saying it's time for the weekend review? Yeah. And this time, I'm not going to forget. That was very nice of you. You had my back last week, didn't you? Yeah, because you you forgot to do your ditty. I know, I know. Some are old, some are new. We now present the weekend review. I've come to grow, uh, to tolerate. Tolerate or fond? Is there a fondness for my (laughs) ditties? Tolerate. Okay, all right. (laughs) You go first, Robert. Uh, you know what I saw this week? Because we talked about it last week. The I'm Wizard hoping. of Oz. I hadn't seen it in a long time. And uh, I sat down and watched it the other night. And fuck, that movie's good. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good movie. Yeah. yeah. And I looked it up. Uh, I was reading some, some trivia about it on IMDb. And one of the things that someone had written was that there was a study that was published that said that this is the most watched film of all time. We've often talked about that. I have. I, th- that's been a dinner conversation that I've had for a while. The most watched movie of all time. What is the most watched movie? Seen by more eyes right. than any other film. And I think there's a good argument to say something like Toy Story, you know, which has... It's too new. I mean, it's too new. No, it have to go back to... I thought it was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I really thought something... But I don't think... And I, I bet that's up there. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that has... Um, the legs. Yeah. Of, the legs of Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah. Dorothy's Dorothy legs. has some nice legs. <laughs> I was with you. We're on the same page. Yeah, man. So I, That's I, great. I'm sure Snow White has got to be up there. I'm sure... Uh, I, and I actually would say something like Toy Story is up there. But I don't... I, it might be top 10 or something like that because everybody's seen it. Home Alone. It's one of those movies that so many people have seen. Have you seen Home Alone before? I have. But... but. I'm th- now I'm thinking about It's a Wonderful Life. Don't you think yeah, that, that must def- be in the top sure, five or sure. ten? Surely it is. Don't yeah. call me Surely. Yeah, on the top. It's a Wonderful Life, I would think. Yeah, the longevity. I think that's a good, that's a good candidate yeah, as yeah, well. What yeah. is the movie that most people have seen? Now, if we're talking people that, have, that are alive and dead, right. then I think you've got a lot more argument to say some of these older films. But, yeah. but I think also we got to remember that the way cinema used to be viewed is different than how it is that's today. Right. That's right. I mean, you had to catch it on its first run. You also had to be at a place where the, uh, the studio would own the theater at the time. So a lot of these early films, they weren't shown at... Uh, you know, now you can go see uh, a new movie at AMC or Regal or any of the uh, in other theaters that are around in your area. But at the time, you had to go to, if it was a Fox movie, you had to go to, to a Fox theater. That's really a Paramount Theater. So these, uh, Warner Brothers Theater. Studios you had, owned the motion picture theater. Right. And they would only show their own movies. And then there was a big lawsuit and they had right. when did antitrust that, when did uh, that, stuff. What decade did that bust up? I want to say 40s or 50s, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. But you know, at the time, that was definitely the... Um, I used to know a lot more about that. I can't remember the exact time. I think it was Paramount that had to... Was that, that the collapse of the studio system also? Was yeah, that all tied in? It was all kind of tied together because they had they had the means of, of production all the way through to distribution and it was a mo- monopolization of the whole mechanism. So they had to break it up. They had to sell off their theaters in order to stay in the production side of things. But I guess what I'm trying to say is to anyone listening to this, to thinking, oh... 
you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, a, a, it's a Wonderful Life might would surely be higher than Toy Story. You had to have caught it on its first run, and occasionally they would bring home. it back. Not in your home, but you had right. to go to a theater. Right. Right. Now, okay, granted, all through like the 80s and 90s, on Christmas morning, TBS might air this thing. Um, but I would even say films like A Christmas Story, I would say that's going to be up there. I mean, talking about TBS, they aired that movie 24 hours a day I know. I know. on on every Christmas day. I mean, that, that movie is seen by a lot of I people. Know. It is becoming the number one Christmas movie. Yeah. It's working its way right up the ranks. You know, I have a leg lamp. I know you do. Yeah. Is that, oh, is that in relation to the movie? No, it doesn't have to be. Did you see? I heard a little noise. Producer Joey she can't a, keep quiet yeah, on that. Yeah, like, she, is that must surprise her that I have a leg lamp? From we got to get you a microphone, yeah. Producer Joey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, I'm sure that's in the top ten. Yeah. So I, I think that'd be really interesting. I'd love to read more about that study. I but love that I stuff. do. I've always said. I've always maintained that I do think Wizard of Oz is number one. I remember having this conversation with someone one time, and they said, "No I, hint of irony." They were completely being honest. They felt that. The Matrix was number one. They were and I kidding. Went, they were, you, no, they were serious. Well, they're and I'm going, stupid. Who told you that? What the fuck? The Matrix? It's just, they're so stupid people. Yeah. Now, it's possible like 30 Love has been seen by more people <laughs> than any of the film in the history of cinema. <laughs> more, more people in this room. In this room. In this room. You Matrix, know, and I, I, think that, I think a lot of people's instinct would be to say something like Star Wars. But the problem is that Star Wars... The people who have seen it have seen it so many times. But not that many... Not as many people have seen it as one might believe. Yes. My mom has never seen Star Wars, and she won't. She, that's just so out of her wheelhouse. She would never want to sit down and watch Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's almost like a cult. We talked about this once before. Star Wars could almost be considered a, a cult, cult film. film. Yeah, so, like yeah. probably the biggest cult film there is. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I could embrace yeah. that. I understand that concept. Interesting. So The Wizard of Oz, it holds up, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. I mean... It's interesting to see a lot of the, because uh, I hadn't seen it in, in quite some time, a lot of the sets, you could see kind of the plasticky nature of certain things that I guess when I saw when I was a kid, and maybe that's because I was watching on television. Um, you know, I've never seen the movie in a theater. I'd love to see it in, a, in, in uh, you know, a 35 millimeter print. But the, um, you know, the, the, the you could see some, some glimmer off of stuff that looks a little cheap. Some of the sets look a little cheap because you can kind of tell how they made it. It looks yeah. like plastic. But some of the technical features that they did are absolutely incredible. The, the tornado at the beginning of the film, I, I was watching it going, man, I wouldn't even know where to begin on how to make that. How to hold it. They shot it all in studio. I mean, how do you... All in, and this is 1939? 39. They yeah. shot in 38 and released in 39. Yeah. How do you fucking shoot a tornado? And it turns out they had some, like, pantyhose, basically, that they had kind of swirled around, and they were able to kind of create this effect. It's, wow. it's absolutely masterful filmmaking. The people who did... The, the music is all incredible. The, the wording, I mean, the, the lyrics to the, some of the songs... Uh, amazing some of the best performances all of it just all around such a great film if there was one film that represents the best of what we've got what we've done i mean in, in all of filmmaking i think it's this film was it a dream yeah <laughs> and you too and, and you were there too yeah yeah what a year that was 1930 39 mr yeah. smith goes to washington oh, there were like five or six not just there Gone was, with the Wind was shot at the films. same time. I know, I know. Yep. Simon and you Daniels know what else is interesting? As I was reading about uh, Wizard of Oz, I was noticing that a lot of the footage has been lost. There's you know another extra like 30 minutes of this movie, and it's all just been. You know, we talked about this last week. They just dumped out into the ocean and just wow. gone. N no one's ever seen it. Leon, right? <laughs> Leon did it again. Leon. <laughs> wow. Nice. Nice. So that's the movie you saw. Yeah. What'd you yeah. see? I saw, there's a few things I want to mention. Have you ever heard of a film called Wakefield? Does that mean anything to you? No. This was with uh, Brian Cranston. And 2016, it was based... No, but I wanted to see this. You've I remember heard when about it came this. out. I heard about it. I didn't get it, a chance to see it. It was based on a short story by E.L. Doc Doctrow. Am I saying his name right? I don't know. Which was also a short story by uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne about... Wait, yeah, Hawthorne wrote the short Hawthorne story? Hawthorne wrote a short story, then E.L. took that short story and modified it, wrote oh, his own version. Interesting. And then they turned it into a screenplay. Hmm. And it's, it's about a, a married man who's got issues. He's unhappy, not content with his lot in life. And he just 
goes home from work and decides to stay in his garage, which is perched up high, separate from his home, overlooking his home, and no one knows he's there. And he watches his wife, people come and mourn. They think he's gone. He's dead. It's an odd, quirky little film, hmm. Wakefield. I didn't, I've only watched the first half. I'm going to watch the second half tonight when I get home. But I wanted to mention it. It's, it's, it's just an unhappy guy who does this extreme and it's 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 odd watching it through him mm-hmm. and brian Cranston is not a likable guy he's he's a mean-spirited soul and he's just up there watching everyone grieving the loss of him can we pause for a minute and talk about what a great performer brian Cranston is in so he many can do so much i mean he can play comedy he can play drama and both of them believable he can play the heavy he can play i mean he can play anything I, I don't I can't think of a role that he wouldn't be able to pull off. He was an LBJ, wasn't he LBJ? Yeah. He was LBJ. Yeah. Look, I still remember the first time. In fact, I watched it with you with Breaking Bad. He was actually and I, he he uh, he was the nutty professor in the Eddie Murphy. He he <laughs> played Eddie Murphy. I don't know if you know that or not. He played Eddie Murphy. He was Eddie Murphy. He was Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Wasn't in that movie. What, in blackface? What do you mean? No, he played Eddie Murphy. Oh, I see what you mean. I think. <laughs> fucking with you I know he is I know he is played Eddie Murphy yeah yeah he was Dr. Doolittle Mm -hmm. he was the zebra Mm -hmm. at any rate yes he's an incredibly gifted actor versatile yeah versatile yeah so Wakefield I saw that I gotta tell you it happened to be on broadcast TV a few nights ago I watched the last 20 minutes of The Graduate I got hooked all over again yeah I know we saw it together but Elaine okay so yeah 1967 Mike Nichols directed it and it was wonderful to see and I also want to mention now you're getting in a song yeah wait I should have yeah okay hello darkness my old friend okay we together and we'll. I want to edit together a big like montage of you I starting like your songs. Idea. I like that idea. Hello, dark. Okay, fine. There's something we saw together a few nights ago, and we'll speak more about it when you speak about your weekend review, and that is the short film festival. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to hold off on that until you bring it up in your. Well, actually, well, you did, did yours already. Yeah, and so you want to talk about it? With you and I, we went to see at the Chinese theater uh, a dear friend of ours, Amanda, who's been a co-host. Amanda Smoyloff, a friend of, the, friend of the friend show. of the show. She's been with us as a co-host a few times. And she, didn't she like star and she also directed and, and wrote? wrote? Three Rivers. Wow, Three Rivers. And uh, it was quite impressive. Yeah, it really was. I was real impressed with that. Kudos to Amanda. So we saw And I think that. it's streaming online now. It is. So I think she you can find it on, it on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. It's on YouTube. So she did that. And, and you it, can find her through her Instagram handle, which is SM0Y, Smoy, SM0Y. Zero, like the numeral zero, what? right, instead of the O letter. Yeah. Yeah, that's Smoy. right. Yeah. So you can find her there. I'm sure she's got it. I think she's got it linked in her bio, so you can check out Three Rivers. And that was part of a whole program of short films from Holly Shorts. And all of them were really That's good. I think Shorts. all of them they had were some, all good. Um, there were a couple in there that, that drove me a little bonkers. But even the ones that were bad weren't awful. And I got to tell you, just having been involved with so many student film productions and film school and things like that, there's short films really run the gamut from, um, from awful to just atrocious and then you've got some that are pretty good occasionally you find some that are absolutely stellar and a lot of these are pretty good at least pretty good yeah yeah they were competent there you go i like cowboy Mm -hmm. maybe i could relate to it as about this older guy who actually scored with a younger woman Mm -hmm. i'm surprised to hear you say that you like that but beyond that i had a lot of pathos it was really quite moving in especially the ending of that Mm -hmm. It, it paid off and there were others too that were real notable but Kudos to Amanda. Just a terrific movie she put together. Yeah, and she really uh, represented... She was the first film of the night. I know. And uh, really represented herself quite well. Didn't embarrass herself. You know, like the the film... Occasionally you see one of these films and you're kind of cringing. You're like, oh man, this doesn't belong here. And she didn't at all. It was a really nice, solid... Um, it's the only kind of uh, abstract film, uh, experimental film, I guess you would say, out of the bunch. Everything else is pretty narrative. Right? There were right. No, there were no documentaries. Yeah. Hers was the only experimental film. Experimental. It was, hers had a poetic flow to it. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was a long poem, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was based on a poem that she wrote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Good. So that's our Week in Review. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Hey, man. Now, the main film. You sound so is, pleasant. I do? And now, the, the main now, film. And now, the main film. I think I'm going to write a new ditty. Oh, no. Ah. Uh, and now, the main <laughs> film called Roma. Robert. Talk us through it. Roma is a film set in Mexico about a nanny who takes care of a pretty affluent 
family. Were they white? They were definitely lighter skinned, that family. Was that a white family? I was wondering, too. I think they were Latin. Well, I mean, they spoke Spanish. They spoke Spanish. But there's definitely... And and the dad, quote unquote, worked in uh, Canada. Not quite sure how that Hmm. all played out. I know there's definitely some skin class structurism structure going on. What am I trying to say? Classism based on skin color, which is also racism. Anyway... Uh, the whole story really centers around this maid who's taking care of these kids, and that's really about it. It's kind of a slice of life. However, there's a lot of key things that happen to this maid throughout the story. Uh, she gets pregnant. She winds up um, uh, f- having a, a fallout with the 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 f- baby mama, and um, and there's a, a a cold subplot of the the kid's dad leaving, so they're kind of left without the patriarch of the family and they're kind of adrift in this um in this sea of 1970s mexico set to the backdrop of a lot of political rebellion that was going on at the time so there's a lot of uh a lot of what am i trying to say infighting amongst the different class structures there Mm -hmm. and uh it's kind of a slice of life and a really uh, basically just kind of a, a day-to-day life of what it would be like for a maid in uh, in Mexico. And I, I guess That's the it. director and writer used a lot of his own memories in yes. order to create the film. It is quite autobiographical. Mm-hmm. We should mention the uh, the director, who's also the cinematographer, uh, Alfonso, I want to say his last name properly, Coron. Mm-hmm. Coron. And he also uh, directed... Um, uh, gravity, gravity, of course. gravity. Yep. and before Gravity, what was the other movie about? Some, Itu Mama Tambien yeah, meant something about the. You know, it was the end of the. Well, he did. He did the uh, Harry Potter movie. Yeah, he's done. He's a very accomplished director, didn't he? He won Best Director a couple of years ago, or oh, he did. I think so. Let's look it up. Producer Joy, look sure. it up. Yeah, was, he's definitely in that running. There's a whole group of. Uh, Guillermo del Toro and right. uh, Karan and, and the other, there's like three or four Mexican filmmakers that have all emerged recently. And there's even a name for them that escapes me at the moment, but they're all kind of these emerging filmmakers who are doing these kind of really avant-garde, interesting film. Oh, Pan's Labyrinth. Didn't he do Pan's Labyrinth? We directed well? that. I'm still, it's really bothering me right now. And I hope producer Joey can help. It's something about and in men. It ends. Y tu mama tambien. How do you say that in English? No, we'll get this. Joey's on it. Watch this. Yep. Uh-huh. And the answer is, uh, she's looking oh, it up. She's still, yeah, the director. He did it about five, six years ago. Anyway, of mice and men. No. Okay, we'll we'll get the answer for you. The remnant. Didn't he do the remnant as well? Did he? Yeah. Wait, did he direct that also? I think he did. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So again, he was the DP on this and the director, and um, yes, and and, and children and, of men. That's what you're that's thinking. it. Boy, yeah. was that bothering me. Have you, You've seen that, right? Yeah, of Children course. Children of Men, that was also, I mean, all of his movies are so visually gorgeous. Yeah. They're all visually gorgeous. Well, he loves those shots where the camera is mounted on, like, on the spinning tripod. You know, it's just kind of mounted while there's action going on, and it kind of circles. He did a full 360s a few times, this movie. Right. Overall, what did you think of the movie? Okay. Well, this is going to be interesting. I thought this was a good film, and I would even go so far as to say it's an important film. And I don't say that very often about films. It's a really very, very important piece of cinema. And it should be, I think it should be put into the Library of Congress. I just don't ever care to watch it again. Uh, I thought it was gorgeous. It's one of the best looking films I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm no hyperbole. I really think it was that beautiful. It was expertly shot i'm sure i've never i haven't read anyone saying this but i'm sure people are going to say it a thousand times that every single frame in this entire movie could be taken out extracted and printed and be beautiful so much so that we actually went to remember i told you a couple weeks ago that there was a 3d exhibit at the lacma yeah we went there and there actually were stills from this movie that were printed out and uh, you can ask Bruce or Joey. I went with her and, and was like, oh my gosh, what is this? And we walked on and looked at some other art and I had to go back to it and re-look at it. And this, this is gorgeous. I didn't even know it was by him. I didn't know what it was. I just saw these wow. pictures. Wow. And, and I was like, oh man, this is beautiful. I didn't, I didn't know that they were connected. It was just images and they were so gorgeous. It was better than anything else at the whole museum. It was incredible. Yeah. It's yeah. that good. It's that amazingly beautiful. I just don't, I don't know why, but these kinds of movies just, they feel like homework. It feels like um, I have to sit through this and watch this. 
as opposed to I don't know. I guess maybe a, maybe it wasn't in the right mood, but it reminds me in a lot of ways of like um, There Will Be Blood is a definitely a film like this where mm-hmm. I watch it once and I go, cool, I got it. I don't need to see this anymore. Um, the Master was definitely one of those where it was kind of like I, right, I, I got right. it, and I understand why it's an important film. I understand why it's good. This film especially, it's it's I I love that he's made this film. I just it's not going to be a repeat viewing for mm-hmm. me. Not that it was disturbing or bad, although there were some pretty disturbing scenes that were actually the only parts that I would really want to rewatch because I thought they were really, really interesting. Um, but I thought the... I, 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 am, am I making sense right now? Of course you are. I get everything you're saying. I liked it more than you did. I've never seen a movie like this. I've never seen a movie like this. I've got to tell you that from the very opening credits, interesting, virtually all the credits were at the beginning mm. and took its time when we were looking at something, the, the suds, the, the tile, water, the tile. And I knew it then, all right, this is going to be special. I just felt that the beginning and it didn't let go. It's a slice of life. Like it's just a slice of life movie, but it was so compelling and it was beautifully shot. I just want to say that there were, like you said, the panning more than once he director slash cinematographer went around a full 360 degrees where yeah. we saw her cleaning at the beginning right to of course the near the end that sequence going out into the water i've going to save the child yeah that was an incredible sequence right and i kept well, running, let's, let's talk about okay, okay you should say, yeah okay so what do you want to talk about you it? do it okay you, you do it the family at toward the end of the film uh the the housekeeper goes with the mom and the children um they go out to the ocean and Mom says, hey, I'll be right back. I'm going to go you know, prep the car or whatever. And, and a couple of the kids, she tells her kids, hey, stay by, the, uh, stay by, by the, the shore. Don't go out swimming because your housekeeper doesn't know how to, how to swim. And, of course, they don't listen to her. These are unruly, pretty bratty kids, ah. actually. And they're always causing trouble. And they, of course, don't listen. They keep going further out. They get sucked up by the current. And so the housekeeper who can't swim has to now go out into the ocean and save these kids. And it is this, it's a long tracking shot the entire time. And it is really, really captivating. It is captivating because we see her, she actually goes back to the kid who's on the sand. And what he says is so poetic and lyrical. He says, um, I used to be a pirate when I was, when I was older. That's such a a poetic statement. I was a pirate when I was older. Mm -hmm. That just did something to me. And then realizing where's, where are the other children and the camera just tracks follows her as she goes from the sand into the water deeper and deeper and the waves and we actually see the two children bobbing about it's if i was going to anti if i was going to anti-wave this movie i actually feel like it should have cut when she went into the water and that would have been the end and you don't know did she save them did she not save them um and did she save them and then she died i mean i think that kind of question lingering in the air would have been more thought-provoking and interesting and and people would have argued over it a little bit more. Right. Um, I, this film is... If, okay, first of all, if this film does not win for best cinematography, there is something severely wrong with the system. Right. It will win. Right. So if you have any money and you find good Vegas odds, put all of it on this Absolutely. film to win best picture. And it's or already, best cinematography. And for best foreign film, as we know, it's already Mexico's uh, nomin. It's already been locked yes, in. Yes, it will win for it best, will best foreign film. Best and foreign people film. are wondering if it will win best foreign film and best film. Has a movie ever done that? Not that I'm aware right. of. No. Right. But I know you're not on board with that statement that it might win best film as well as I best I think it could. Film. I think it stands a real shot. Yeah. A real shot. It will definitely be nominated as it should. It's a beautifully acted film. Every, there's nothing wrong with this movie. Can, yeah. There's nothing wrong. Um, I think you just need to be patient. That's the only only consideration. If you're not a patient film goer, if you need... Um, you know, some, um, if you need, um, I keep wanting to say Harry Potter again. Uh, if you need like Adam Sandler kind of slapstick comedy, this is not for you. It's it not certainly that kind does of breathe. There yes. we have yet another, we're using that word more and more, aren't we? It takes its time. It's a simple story. The black and white, I got to tell you that I was like 15 minutes into it when I realized this is a black and white film. For some reason, I wasn't aware it was black and white till I was like 10 or 15 minutes into the yeah. movie. That's kind of weird. The black and white was just absolutely was gorgeous. gorgeous. I wrote down, the, may I just share these quick, these sequences that mm-hmm. were in the film that were unlike anything I've ever seen. I want to say Wait, that. I'll, I want to point out, you said that earlier. I feel like the Florida Project is similar to this movie. So I, I would say there is a movie that you've seen that's similar. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yes. Um, that there's a strong 
generous depth of field. Yes. And yes. Yes. The the stuff in the forefront and in the back. Every frame had a lot of information. Yep. There you go. Packed. They're packed with information where your eyeballs are looking about what's going on. Oh my God, in the background, it's sort of a circus. The guy's just shot out of a cannon, right? Yeah. And we see so much going on. And I, that kind of depth of field reminded me of the train yeah. where we saw that kind of black and white, real generous depth of field. There was a shot, more to your point, there was yeah. a shot of um, of the house pretty early on where the kids were, uh, it was kind of that one of those 360 panning shots where the camera was upstairs in the bedrooms and the kids were kind of misbehaving and bouncing around on their bed. And then as the camera is panning, you could see into some of the other bedrooms and you could literally see what everyone was doing in these rooms. Yes. And it almost felt like Hitchcock, you know, where from, rear, from window? Window, rear window, where you could see multiple yes. people going on at the that. same time. Because there was actually a mirror someplace and in the mirror, they were still in character. Right. We saw the reflection right. of the actor in the mirror and they were all in the moment. Yes. They were all in the moment. Yes, I got that. Man, there it's was, got these gorgeous wide angles. Yes. And again, with a very healthy depth of field. Sequences included the following. There was the target shooting. There was an earthquake. There was fire. There was protesting in the streets. There was a shootout. There was the giving birth. The martial arts routine that was going on i've never seen that stuff what was sort of a circus with a man being shot out of a cannon there was so much information in every frame your eyeballs were going all over the place and yet none of that stuff was really consequential to the story that <laughs> was right. being told you're right everything that we you just have mentioned taken out three or four or five all those earthquake, and it wouldn't have mattered earthquake uh why riot, was there an earthquake a murder i know yes all of it we saw a shootout. was totally we saw, inconsequential didn't need except yeah. for the giving birth yeah, I, I think, think that was birth. important to the storyline. Yeah. But all the others, you're right. You're right. That's funny. You know, something that uh, I noticed, and I'm going to tip my hand a little bit on the on the top five. I, as I was putting together the top five pregnant characters in films, I, I came to realize that a lot of times pregnancy is really just a plot device. And that's what I like about this film is that it wasn't. It really it wasn't. centered around her pregnancy. And it was kind of, it was a major issue I mean, a lot of times babies and, and pregnancies are really just, okay, we need everybody to care about something so that we can um, so that we can know their motivations and everybody has to care or this person doesn't care when they should care. You know, it, it's all this, it's, it's really a MacGuffin. It's this thing that you know, the whole plot centers around but actually isn't all that important. You're right, you're right. And here but it here, is important. it is important, yeah. And I like that. I like that about this film. And of course there's other films that, that do embody that. But um, yeah, man, I, I, that's so interesting. I rattled off really proud of all these specific sequences. And you said virtually none of them needed to be included. And we'd still get the storyline without the earthquake, yeah. without the fire, yeah. without all these incredible show pieces that we saw. And we didn't need them to tell the story, but I enjoyed seeing them. Yeah. It just textured this incredible movie. I want to mention also where we see him driving his Ford Galaxy into, it's almost like a garage. It's going down the drive. Car crash. Yeah. 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 And, and the way it was shot and the rubbing up against the bricks on each side yeah. and the close-ups of the ashtray. I was, I was hooked. I think I was more hooked than you maybe in the entire film. Um, I, I do not, I will, you'll notice I am not going to say that this film should have been edited down. Uh, the only edit. It's a long I, movie. We should, we should say it's it about, a it's a two, two and a half, two hours and 15 minutes or right. something. It's a little right. over two hours. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it needed to be cut down because it, it and all the shots are long. They're long, yes. slow takes, everything. Uh, and it needed to be that way. The only cut I would make would be where the film ends. And I think I would end it maybe five minutes earlier, right when she goes out into the water, just because I kind of think that ambiguity is more interesting. I do too. And I want to tell you that for me, the final shot of the movie, which is not a beautiful, glorious shot, but it was kind of just vanilla and bland, but it still for me had an impact where we see her carrying stuff upstairs, the flight of stairs. Yeah, she just kind of goes and back to it. being a nanny. That's it. Yeah. That's it. There's something about ho-hum, the everyday stuff. Yeah. So maybe it worked on that level, but I just course, don't, I don't like that over, level. The plane flies over. Right. Yeah, you like the ambiguity where, God, is she going to, when she goes out into the water at the end. Because that's I think, more, even more anti-wave. It the, is. It's anti-wave. And I think it's interesting too because people are left at that point walking out of the theater going, what the fuck? And now you have to talk about it. You can't go see that with a friend and not discuss. Yeah. The way it's ending right now, you could go, huh, well, how about that? You know, and that's about it. I, I don't think you need those last five minutes. I agree. I agree. Something that I really liked what the filmmaker did was making it look like the 70s without hitting us over the head. Yes. 
Now, you know well my done. issue, yeah. which you sort of agreed with, was everyone wearing those damn t-shirts in mid-90s. Right. Like, enough already. They're trying too hard. Not everyone wore those. Not everyone did. Sprink less is more. Yep. But here, it was really done in an intelligent way. I love, by the way, that they saw the movie Maroon, mm-hmm. Mar- and which was, that was John Sturgis, by the way. It was a, not a good movie. Not a good movie. Well, I think and, they held on the that fact- movie because it was gravity. It was the same it was the same kind of scene as gravity. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think it was a kind of tongue in cheek wink at the audience. Wow, I and like I think that. it's also probably an inspiration for gravity is like he saw this movie marooned and was like, All right, well, that's kind of where I got the idea. But of all the ones, the you know, Gregory Peck and David Jansen was yeah. in it and stuff. But it was and Sturgis who did the great escape magnum. This is not this movie left a lot to me. I just love the fact that they showed us that one long scene in yeah. Marooned floating in outer space. It was a tip of the hat to gravity, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I even cool. heard people snickering. I should point out, I that's went to go cool. see it at the Vista Theater, and that the theater was absolutely sold out. And that theater is a barn, man. There's so many seats in that. Four hundred. Yeah, four hundred. Oh, right. Four hundred seat theater, yeah. and it was completely sold out. I got the very last ticket. Um, wow. And they, there was a line behind me, and they said, "No more. We're done." And they had to turn people away. How about that? They were literally lining up chairs in the back row. It was cool. That's so cool. I love it. I love it. Will you agree also that? If for our listeners who will see the movie to make an effort to not see it on Netflix. As you know, it's going to be on Netflix really soon. To see it in yeah, the theater. Yeah, and this is one it's movie a really important reason, and I'll tell you why. Because if you see it on Netflix, you're going to be on your phone. You're not going to turn the lights off. You're going to be like, oh, huh? And you're not going to really be paying attention to what's going on. And I think that's the benefit of cinema is it forces you to turn your phone off for a little bit, focus on this story for the next couple hours, don't be. Che- you can't check if some. If you do, people start socially berating you. Like, turn your fucking phone off and watch the story unfold in front of you. Remember, we both saw Mandy. I saw it at a theater. You saw it at home, right? Yeah. Streaming, and that we commented on how we might have had a different perspective on that. I think that's true. I do too. And I especially too. with a film of this caliber, yes, it's going to be people who watch it on Netflix who go, I didn't really get it. Yeah, I know. And it's like, I yeah, know. because you paused it six times and you, you know, went, you played with the dog a little bit or something and it's, everything's a distraction. And this needs to be seen in its entirety in one sitting. Absolutely. And, and get the vibe and the flow. I think also with Netflix, it's too easy to start it and go, okay, let me start it. And you watch 10 minutes and go, I'm not really feeling this. And then you click on something else and you watch, uh, you know, the latest NYPD Blue episode, I guess it's probably an outdated reference, but you know what I mean. They, you watch some other... NYPD Blue? Uh, Law and Order, whatever. I got it, okay. And you're not going to sit back and watch this film. You're never going to continue. You're going to watch it in fits and starts, and it's never going it to make work. it. It won't work. Yeah, it won't come together. I would like to acknowledge the acting, especially the female lead. Yeah. Pretty incredible. Yeah, really incredible. Very natural. Uh, I want to pronounce her name right. I'm going to say Yalitza... A P A I R Aparicio was Aparicio? clear. Yeah, yeah, she was amazing. Yeah, she was. Hmm. And well, she, she just never. You never saw her trying. She and wasn't she, acting. If anything, it was she just wasn't very. Acting. She was being less is more. Yeah, it was very, so very real, less is more natural and honest. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also want to acknowledge the sound. When you saw it in this theater, was there magnificent sound? I was Beautiful. very aware of the sound separation. Yeah. And with coming from the side, it was just. Really great they sound. Played with that. it quite well. Yes. And there's yes. all these reasons to go see it in the theater. Netflix is doing something different. This is the first time that they've released it in theater yeah. instead of streaming. Uh, and and I think for good reason. They chose that wisely. And you should definitely go check it out in theater first. Uh, don't don't watch it on Netflix. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with this film. Um, and in fact, I would I would rate this as a really I would give this movie. I think I'd give it an A+. Plus. Mm, oh. I would. You would? Yeah. I thought from your opening comments no, it was going to hover around I, I don't think I ever have a desire to go watch it right. again, though. Right, right. But that's not necessarily a criteria, how much you like the movie. Right. If you, have, if you have a profound need to see it again or you're willing to... The fact that you saw it once and that was enough. It, it just does still... feel a little bit like homework. It's a, yeah. It's, yeah. it's draining. It's not a film... You, you kind of have to brace yourself to sit through this thing because it's slow, because it doesn't... Um, it's, a, it's an important film. It truly is an important film, but it's going to be a slow process. And that could, that could be rewarding, especially if you're in that mood. Maybe I wasn't in the best of the moods like that. Maybe that's not what I needed in that moment. Uh, but yeah, I think this is a, an excellent film. Right. I, I wish to have ever make a film that's 
a shred as good as this. I mean, it's really, really an important. It's an important film. Yeah. It truly is important. Right. Nice. Yeah. Um, should we go uh, uh, money shots? Uh, anti wave Money are shots are going to be really there? difficult. Because I know. How about just saying the whole movie? Gorgeous. I actually wrote that down. <laughs> the entire film was a money shot. I think if I had to go with one money yes, shot, yes. I had a really interesting moment. Which was, uh, I actually, you know, I said they started setting up chairs in the back of the theater at the Vista because it was so packed. They, they put up little folding chairs. And I had to get a folding chair in the very back row of the Vista Theater. I still had a really good view. It was right in the middle, but in the very back row. And it's such a massive theater that you could see kind of over the tops of everybody's heads. The scene where she tells her boyfriend that she's pregnant, they're in a movie theater, and they're sitting way back in the back. And it was really fucking trippy because I had the exact same angle of the movie I love theater. It. I love it, yeah. yeah. As the, the theater, it was really, and it's this old palace, you know, Hollywood palace. The theater had all these decorations It looked and everything. like the Vista, didn't it? It kind of I mean, there were almost did. like statues on the side right. and all that. It was very it um, was so ornate. Surreal. It was so ornate. I literally, and I know it was wrong, I had to pull my phone out and I took a picture. It was I so I weird. It. I was like, I'm watching... I'm a watching a movie of a movie what I'm watching. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. If the people in front of me had started making out and been like and, and confessed their pregnancy, I would have blown a yeah. gasket. It was, or if, if producer Joey had said to you, "Well, she was I'll sucking right, me off." I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back, and she gets up and walks out, never to be seen again. Well, I, it should, we should point out that a good deal of this movie is centered on uh, you know her pregnancy, right? And producer Joey is six months pregnant, so I mean a lot of the uh, the themes were were hitting pretty heavy. And the scene where she finally gives birth, and um, yeah, big spoiler alert, yeah. the the baby is stillborn, right. and that uh, that whole sequence was really well done. Uh, they're buying a crib um, in the in this furniture store, and a riot breaks out. The only thing I didn't like was that her water broke at that time and that kind of feels like a, a trope coincidence yeah I mean it's one of the things I've discovered too just from you know having the baby is that it's not women's water doesn't always break like that in fact it usually doesn't uh, you know you start going into labor before your water breaks really? and yeah and things like that and a lot of times your water doesn't break at all until they, and they have to uh, get your water to break in order for you to to deliver the baby there's it's not quite this dramatic movie moment where the water just comes down your leg like we always see in, oh. in movies. It's a little too convenient. Right. But I think that's splitting hairs. And I really... And perhaps this, the fact that she was so scared. She just saw this guy being murdered in front of her. and That could have... Psycho, that could have maybe there's a physiological right, response right. to that. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'll give it the... If that's the if that's the biggest problem that I have with the film, that's pretty, pretty wimpy. Right. In pretty terms minor of in the whole scheme of things. Right. But that's a whole sequence where she's giving birth and we see what's happening to the baby right behind her and the doctor they're about to give in the same room yeah it, just right next to her trying, i know trying I to give cpr to trying this. to resuscitate the dead child it was um real powerful it was there's no other word for it it was just powerful yeah. and it was really well done her believability in that scene was so good and i i thought you know if she is in this scene because i almost wondered if she wasn't a very good actress and they were kind of masking it because her character is so diminutive and kind of quiet and reserved. And I thought maybe they could get an actress who is kind of that way. But to, quote unquote, give birth, that's going to take some real yeah. getting out of your little cocoon. Yeah. And she did. She went there. And I went, wow. I was impressed with her acting ability. And, you know, when they were talking about, oh, you're going uh, you're gonna to push out the placenta. And she's kind of looking at her legs but also trying to look at the baby at the same time it was really complicated in terms of acting and just beautifully done and it's all just this one static shot it was all one shot yeah wow wow yeah nice i like your money shot in what the about theater. you i had a few it's hard to lock in just one so it I really am, is i'm allowed to have two or three i hope the there's something about the opening with the opening credits with yeah. the suds and it was later on with the we should say it's a tile floor and we see the water and the suds and the bubbles and it's a fascinating pattern as we see the all the opening credits uh later on we realized that she was probably um mopping up the dog shit yeah later on we realized oh that's what we we're seeing and and there's something about it starts to metaphor. change color 
Like it starts out as like this clear really? water and you're going, yes. where's all this water coming yes. from? And it starts yes. to turn darker. Yes. Yes. And I was like, is that blood or where are we going with and this thing? And it was thing? dog, it was dog poop. It was dog shit. And that was making it even more fascinating yeah. as an opening, uh, kind of a, a, a metaphor for what's to come. Uh, obviously the si- swimming sequence, that whole sequence was just unbelievable to me yeah. and how that was shot. And for me also, there's something about dad with his Ford Galaxy parking that car in the parkway and it was just too tight and busting the mirror on the sides and the close-ups of the cigarette and everything. As I was watching that sequence, I knew every single shot had to have been a real memory that was going on. Yes. There's no other yes. way. That, yes. It was far too specific. Right, right. Hmm. So those are, those are some of my money shots. Good. Is this movie anti-wave? Who's going to go first? You go first. I'm going to go first. I always go first there. You do? Yes, it is. Yeah. And here's why. Number one, it's black and white. Yep. That makes it anti-wave. Number two, um, the way it was shot, it's almost like an art film. Yeah. And that makes it anti-wave. Point number three, the storyline. The storyline. Here you've got I'm a- surprised to hear you say that you liked this film because it wasn't a conventional storyline and you tend to like See? that. You like the structure so much. Maybe I'm growing. Yeah. That's, it's possible. Yeah. Maybe I am evolving. Maybe I am. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the storyline, here we have a movie, really, if we were to say what it's about, not the thing, it's about, we have a movie about two philandering men. Yeah. They're both cheating. One dumped a pregnant girlfriend, and the other was having an affair with a mistress who knows where. Sure. So it's a movie about two relationships, and both men are messing around on their woman. Yeah. That certainly is uh, is anti-wave as well. Yeah, well You're not buying that, are not you? Not buying that so much, but, but I think you've made some really good cases so far. Okay. Yeah. And then the my fifth reason why it's anti-wave is that the protagonist, well, the protagonist, hmm, does she grow? Does she evolve? No. no. I don't think she does. So you like four out of my five, don't you? Yeah. That makes it anti-wave also. I'll add, I'll add some to you. Please, go. It's all in Spanish. Oh, you're right. Another reason it's an anti-wave yeah, I, film. I think, I, I think Hollywood <laughs> classical cinema, I, yeah. I don't think most of them are in Spanish. I don't think you can include that. I would also say there's no recognizable stars. Uh, you know, there's, Good point. Maybe they're Mexican actors that we don't recognize, but, I mean, again, outside the Hollywood system. So I think there's a lot going for it here to be anti-wave. However, you do have a pretty named director who's handled a lot of Hollywood Hollywood... Cinema. Gravity, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, they're using a camera that really you can only get through Hollywood money. I mean, the rental price on that camera—that's oh, a good point. I, I you're going the other way right now. I know. You're making it. More I know. I'm. Just, well, I got to go play ahead. devil's advocate. Yeah, I love oh, look, it. Look, I totally agree. I think this is an anti-wave yeah. film. But uh, I looked up the price, and I think it was like ten, ten to to fifteen thousand dollars of a rental per week with that camera. Uh, so just to get that camera for a while is extremely heavy in the price tag something along those lines and that's mainstream and it's a digital camera it's the area 65 but basically it's the equivalent of 65 millimeter film that's how that's how that's how uh, high resolution it is is. right right and uh it's just a gorgeous gorgeous look yeah um so you're right these specifics you're sharing are non-anti-wave that's for sure more conventional so I guess now we got to rate the number. How anti is it? But I still think that my my five, even though mm-hmm. you're buying four out of my five, as anti wave. Obviously, it's, I'm I'm going high on this one. I think I'm going to go higher than you. I'm Maybe. going really. I'm going as high as like a eight point seven. That's 8. A, I'd say about an eight point five. Uh, yeah. Eight point six. There we go. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. This is an anti wave film. Yeah, did it's, it's anti wave. Did you hear about the incident that happened? I read about this in a few sources. No. During the filming, may I just share this with you? Please. Um, I have the exact date. It was in November of 2016 that the crew was robbed on the set while filming. Really? According to the studio, listen to this two women were hit, five crew members were hospitalized, cell phones, wallets, and jewelry were stolen during the attack. Uh, the crew reportedly arrived to set to set up filming for that day. A group of city workers approached the crew and tried to shut down filming. The crew stated they had permission to film, but the workers persisted. A brawl broke out between both groups just a little bit of trivia there that's awesome isn't that i knew you'd like that that makes it even more anti-wave <laughs> that makes it even more anti-wave and hey, we had a theft on our show on our shoot yeah we did but it wasn't it was in your home they, they broke in your garage yeah last day of filming yeah last day of the filming yep they took the racket yeah they took our racket they took, i had to go get a racket with pink strings isn't that fucked up that's crazy 
that's we felt out of control. Yeah. But somehow we they stole the, the key to the college. That's that's right, the master key. Yeah. I don't think they knew what it was too. I don't but. think so either. But wow. Yeah. Roma. There you go. Hey, who died this week? Ah, uh, gotta tell you, unfortunately, we must. The following people, they done turned to dust. Okay. A few people I do want to acknowledge. Uh, David Cronville, 89-year-old British actor. He did these old monster movies, The Curse of the Werewolf, The Evil of Frankenstein. He was mm-hmm. also in The Fourth Protocol. Are you familiar with Ricky Jay? I wasn't, but this got a lot of publicity. He was a magician, 72-year-old magician. He did a lot of films. Uh, he was in Boogie Nights, Tomorrow Never Dies, House of Games. Did you ever see House of Games? Yeah, oh, yeah. Joseph Montana. Who wrote that? Mammoth. 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 That was a nifty little film. I heard a. I can't remember who it was with. Maybe it was with Ricky J. But I heard an interview earlier this week with someone who was talking about House of Games. They were a. Uh, it was a con man. It was an, on NPR, I think, and they yeah. were talking about how he helped punch up some of the scenes for House of Games. I love it. And that's such a great con movie. And yes. Some really good cons. Yes. In there. He was saying that's that. Good. Do you remember this? The sequence where uh, Joe Montana goes into the. Uh, the cashier and has like he puts the twenty dollar bill in the envelope and um like they, there's like a, a switcheroo that they do with the, the cashier and basically the this guy who was a con man helped Mamet kind of write this sequence and kind of made the whole con up and then a few years later there was a guy in Colorado who had been going around doing that very con and he got caught. And the con man who wrote the idea was like, I just created that because Mammoth needed a quick con <laughs> to kind of show something. He was like, I just, I don't know, I did it. And the guy watched the movie and got the idea and started ripping people off like that. That's so funny. What a nifty movie it is. Yeah, it, it was it's a little gem of it's, a movie, It's I think. interesting, too, because Mammoth, um, I don't know how much you know or study Mammoth, but I, I think Mammoth's a really interesting writer because he, um, you know, it, it, the actors who study Mamet, he's very strict about making sure that you only you say exactly the line every word exactly as it's written if he says i went to the store you say i went to the store you don't say i went down to the store you cannot say that you have to say i went to the store and he's very strict about that and i think a lot of actors really struggle because they can't really make those lines sound natural right because it's not their tone and right. i think that's really telling quite often is that a lot of these actors can't really use other people's words uh, but as a result you'll see some of the, the performances in mammoth films that feel a little stiff and i think it's because a lot of these actors can't quite handle the the wording i wonder why he is built he's bent that way he's got is a really ego? good no is it's it a ego? really good philosophy and i actually agree with it i know we talked about this before the shooting if you want the actors to not ad lib well we the discussed- idea is that what is everybody's role and the writer should write and the writer has spent all this time contemplating all the characters and everything else and then there's been this attitude of handing the character off to the actor who presumably knows more about the character and they're allowed to adjust things but that's not their responsibility i agree with what you're saying however individuals have a unique voice cadence something that's unique to me to you we all talk in a different way right with our word choice and the rhythm and how we say that I think Mamet would say your job as an actor uh, is, is to, to f- be one of my is characters. to be the character that I. That's wrote. why you're being paid, right? Right. right. And if you can't do that's that, then I'll get somebody else. That's real interesting. And so yeah. I think that's why he why he wrote it. And I I've read some of the stuff that he's written about that. And I think it's a really interesting philosophy. The writer should write. The actor should act the written word. The director should, you know, kind of conduct the whole thing. Everybody has their job. You don't see an actor going over and being like, oh, I'm going to change this lighting all of a sudden because the DP would be like, fuck you, it's my job. Right. How about just a little bit of wiggle room? No, no. Well, you know. I think you could. I think you could have some, but I think that's his philosophy. Yeah. That's kind of what we did. I mean, on 30 Love, honestly, Yes. I think a lot of people, when we've talked to people, I think they've accused us of kind of improving a lot of scenes and very it few of those like, scenes were truly improv. like it was improv, which is a compliment to you. Well, I think also the improv scenes that we did, um, the improv scenes that we did were written to be improv. Right. Like we would say, right. these people ad-lib this right. scene. Right, right, right. Anyway, so uh, Ricky Shea's dead. Typical. He was also in Magnolia, and he was also in the HBO series uh, Deadwood. Wright King, 95-year-old American actor. Real fast. Deadwood yeah. is an amazing show. Have you ever seen it? No. It's really good. I've never seen it. It's one of the best written shows I've ever it seen. It was an HBO series. Is it yeah. still 
No, it was only on for like two or three seasons. I've heard that from a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, American actor Wright King, 95-year-old. He does in the film Streetcar Named Desire, Stagecoach. Planet of the Apes, the original one. Oh, yeah? He was in that film, too. We lost a 64-year-old Samuel Hadita, Moroccan-born French distributor. We want to acknowledge the wow, movie distributor. distributors. He distributed True Romance and Resident Evil. Andrea Walter, 65-year-old American actress. She was in a film called Lucky Numbers. Ken Berry. Do you know who Ken Berry was? Oh, from F Troop. Yeah. There you know, go. Yeah. That's your reference. F Troop. He did a lot of TV, Mama's Family, Mayberry RFD, but he was also in, they were like Disney movies. He was in Two for the Seesaw, Hello Down There, I'm Herbie Rides Again. I'm surprised that's not your spotlight. Hmm? I'm su- surprised that's not your spotlight. I thought a lot about it, but almost, but no, I considered it. Ken Berry was a very friendly, easygoing. There was something about him that I really liked. Okay. I want to acknowledge our, our Dead Corner Spotlight Award goes to Gloria Katz. You've seen her name. Very prolific American screenwriter and film producer. She was 75. Response, responsible is too strong. She was involved with American Graffiti, Indiana Jones Temple, Howard the Duck, which is something that you liked, I, I think. If I, I liked that. Howard the Duck. I just want to say, let me rattle this off for us. She was American screenwriter. She was known for She was American surfer? Slow down a little bit. We can't hear you. I'm so excited. She was known for her association with George Lucas, along with her husband, whose name, you know, Willard Hayek. You've seen his name a lot, too. I've heard that name. And they did American Graffiti. Uh, She was also a script doctor, though uncredited. Katz and her husband secretly edited Lucas's Star Wars script as she performed as a script doctor for Lucas. Oh, there you go. I wanted to get all that in. And she died? She's dead. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She's dead. And, um... Oh, let's see. Anyone else? No. No? Is that it? I guess so. I wonder if it's anyone else. Kirk Douglas. Dead. Kirk Douglas died? Yeah, whatever. But he's not on my... uh, He didn't get the Spotlight Award. Nope. Doesn't get the Spotlight Award. I love how it's an award. What is from my mind? Yeah. Yeah. It's officially called the Dead Quarter Spotlight Award. I've got the trophy right here. And every week we give it to the (laughs) dead And all they have to do is come and pick it up. Yeah, it's got a coffin (laughs) on there. It's silver. And it's very ornate and nice. So um, I'm not giving it to Kirk. No, I'm giving it to Gloria Katz. Wow. The the one award that I don't think anyone will ever come get. That's interesting. Ah, the irony. Ira's knee. Ira's knee. Hey, man, you want to play a game? Game time. Hey, this game is called Housekeeping. Get it? I do now. Yeah. Oh, she's Rome good. About a house, oh, she's house good, producer So we Joey. have to clean up the movie title. Clean up the movie title. Clean up the movie title. Okay, so we'll try to figure this out. Producer Joey's going to show us. All right, the first one is to succeed, really, how business in trying without. How to succeed in business without really trying. Yeah. You knew that. Yeah, I knew that I just beat you to it. Yeah, you did. We won! Yes! It's one point for us, zero for Joey. I love how most of our games are us versus Joey. I know, I know, I know. All right. First, Joey doesn't seem to like that. Look at her. Like, what? I think we can. All right, this is going to be. We can get this. No problem. The bomb love learned worrying and how I stopped to. (laughs) I'll let you say it. I don't know. I don't yes, know. You do. yes, you do. Yes, you do. I just yeah, know Doctor Strange love. Yeah, I don't Dr. know this Strange movie. Or how I learned to stop working. Love the bomb. Oh, okay. Two. Yeah, we're two for two. Yeah, I'm bringing producer Jerry. Bring it on. I really Come used, on. You like this game because it's so easy. I like easy. this because I'm finally winning. Because okay. it's easy. Come on, lay it on us. All right. Expecting your expect what when to. It's so quiet. You don't know it? Do you? What to expect when you're expecting. Is that a movie? Yeah, it's a book too. Uh, it's about giving birth. Birth. Oh, the real, yeah, the there you go. Again. Yeah. All right. Hey, we did it. Two. Hey, we got. You got all three. Uh, no, I didn't. I, you got the first two. But I said them before you. But you knew what they were. <laughs> we should have buzzers. <laughs> you know, uh, Jeopardy. Yeah. Oh, that was a pretty good game. Uh, that was fun. I like that game. Yeah, I think it's rather easy. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was going to challenge me on the hardness. Hey, man. You want to do some top five? Top five and hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Okay, our top five this week is uh, top five pregnant characters. Uh, I'm no. going to say characters. I sent you a text three nights ago, and you finally responded, yeah, that sounds good. Now, wait, but, I said pregnant women. Okay. I'll show you the text. So, uh, yeah, you did. We, we did. <laughs> Do you... Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about Junior for a second. Yeah. And right? I, that would have been your scoop of ice cream. It is a scoop. It's the only film I can think of where a guy gave birth. Agreed. Right? Is Ginger on your list? It's not on my list. It's not on mine. And all of mine are mothers. But I do do want to point out, like, they should be... Yeah, we could have said characters. I think if you had said Junior, if that was on your top five, I would have given it to you. I think at that point, it becomes a mother. What's your number five? Okay, all right, all right. right. You ready? Am I going to go first? Go first. God, I kept changing these numbers around. All right, for my number five, movies about pregnant women, Juno. 
I wonder if it's on I yours. don't know. What is it? Ah, do you know? Uh, no, I don't. What is it? I'm like, Jew. No? No. What, what is Judo. it? Judo. Um, 2007, a very pregnant Ellen Page, uh, Jason Rittman, and um, a Diablo Cody wrote the screenplay, and obviously a pregnant woman. And uh, Jason who? Uh, right, Reitman. What did I say? Rittman? Reitman? <laughs> Take a shot, everybody. What, right? <laughs> I love you. Her dad, his dad was Ivan. Yeah. Ivan did a lot of great work. He did. He did. Yeah. Mr. Reitman? Yeah. Thank you. I got it. Stop picking on me. What's your number five? Uh, My number five. Now, I said before, I do feel like a lot of times pregnancy is used as just a crutch. It's just a a, a plot device. And this movie definitely uses a pregnancy as a plot device. There's no real purpose for this uh, woman to be pregnant in the movie. But I still really like the movie, so I'm going to throw it in anyway. From 1998, Lethal Weapon 4. This is when uh, you know Mel Gibson and Renee Russo. She's got the baby coming, and uh, you know that now. Now it adds a whole new level because she can't kick ass quite as much. You remember? Lethal was there Weapon a Lethal 4? Weapon four? Four. Was there even one made? What do you mean one made? Ma- a four was four even made? Yes. I thought it stopped at three. No, four. How did they go to five and six? No. Oh, good. Yeah. It's wow. actually if you so sit down not, and watch yeah. all of them, uh, four is really good. It's actually they got back to the basics and uh, you know some of the action sequence in number four really good. There's a, some great chase scenes in there. It did. It became a parody of itself. It became a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, was, it it was less. The first Lethal Weapon is kind of like Die Hard. It's got some more lighthearted moments, but it's definitely a, an action film. By the fourth one, it's more comedy and a little bit of action. You know, she was my student. Renee Russo? Yeah, she went to John Burroughs High School. Was she was pregnant? There. No, but she was. Very, she dropped out. She dropped out in the eleventh grade. She wanted to be an actress. Huh? Yeah, I took her aside. I talked to her. And impregnated. I said, her? "I want you to pursue the arts, but I think you should stay in school and graduate." And she, and said, she said, "She was giving me her." She textbook, said, "Fuck off." And she's honest to God. She said, "Just let me the fuck out of here." She really said that. Yeah, in an affectionate way, not in a mean spirited way. She was talked to me on that. She said, "Just let me the fuck out of here." So I signed her, da, 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 and off she went. She was my student. How about that? Ron I, think, Howard, I think she made the right choice. Ron Howard was my student. No, if she stayed with me, she would have read Scarlet Letter. <laughs> <laughs> Renee Russo, if you're listening, can you get her to be on the podcast? Tell her I like Lethal Weapon 4. Huh. I wonder if I get Ron Howard. He was How, my student. He was your student too? Yeah, all the kids called him Opie. Because it was after the Andy Griffith show, but before Happy Days. So he was known, Opie, they all teased him a lot. Huh. Opie, hey Opie, he was my student. He spoke in my mass, I taught mass media. Yeah, he was my speaker. I got him in there and he talked about it and stuff. And here he's uh, talking about being Opie. Ah, yes. What's your number four? Then I sent him one of my screenplays, never heard jack shit from him. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. All right, my number four. We've mentioned it before, but we're cheating a little bit and we can acknowledge, I think, other movies we've mentioned in the top five in previous podcasts. Rosemary's Baby. Mm. And uh, this was 1968, Roman Polanski, of course, Mia Farrow, John Cassavetes. And... um, I, I think that was a powerful, riveting movie, and her performance was wonderful. Obviously, pregnant through the whole thing because she was giving birth to the devil. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 There you what? go. I liked it. Yeah. It was good. Uh, you don't like my number four. I like Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. yeah. I think I liked it more than you. Yeah, for sure. Was it anti wave? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait, who's humming now? Uh, stop that, or I'm gonna break. I'm gonna break into show tunes. All right, okay, all right. Uh, then I'll stop. <laughs> all right, nice number four. My number four, I suspect, might be on your list as well. Do you have any movies on your list from 1982? No, hmm. no, no. We're not going to overlap, are oh, we? We might not. Well, you know, I also noticed there's so many pregnancy. I mean, movies where with pregnant women. It's a, such a common trope. It's used quite a bit. And it was used pretty well in this movie. What's the year again? 1982. Give me one of the star's names. Just one. I want to guess. Come on. Uh, Come on. Come on. Come on. Now I'm just going to tell you. Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh. Oh, yeah. Woman gets pregnant and uh, she goes to get an abortion. Wow. Yeah. How about that? I just remember the pool scene. Yeah, that's all you remember. We talked about that. Fuck that pool scene. That pool so scene. good. That pool scene. Yeah. Okay. 
Bruce and Joey is not happy with this part of the podcast. Yeah, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. There you go. That's my number four. What's your number three? Okay, my number three, I think you can guess it. 2007, Judd. Hmm. Judd Apatow, he wrote it, he directed it. Knocked up. Knocked up. Yeah, you I know, was going to put that on my list, but I'm I had a feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's a good movie. Was, you know, it, I think, I feel like we may have said this before. Besides, it, it has heart. Yeah. That movie really says something. It's one of these films I think almost kind of gets uh, compared against itself or other Judd Apatow films. And it's almost, because it, it was kind of played a lot. And I feel like people... Uh, people need to go back and revisit it. It's been enough time now. It's, it's been... hard to... I was surprised it was 2007. Mm. That movie was 11 years ago? Yeah. That's crazy. I o- thought it was more almost recent. Almost 12, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But with uh, Seth Rogen and... Uh, what's her name? Catherine... Catherine uh, Hi- Hi- Heigl. Hi- Heigl. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that film. Again, it has a lot of heart. It's a nice movie. Not For sure. Out. My number three. Uh, my number three is a movie from 1996... Uh, starring a woman who was pregnant while she's investigating a crime, Fargo. Yep. Did you have that on your list? It's my number two. Number two. Oh, wow. Well, that just goes to show how good it was. You know, <laughs> Coen Brothers can do anything. And if they're going to throw that trope in there, I think they did it in such a kind of... um. In a, in a really interesting way that it didn't really detract. It wasn't... It, it was really just, oh, this it, is a pregnant woman. It textures the story, I yes. think. It textures Thank it. That's you. all That's it does. It. That's the word. It textures it. It didn't distract. She's got that great scene and where she gets... it wasn't hinging on it. There right, you go. Right. Go right. ahead. What and, and, and it really didn't make a difference to her character other than... She's about to have a baby, you know. That's that's just who she is. But when she's about to puke, and uh, you know, she she has to <laughs> she has to throw up. It adds this great little quirky comedy into things. Yeah, what a Fargo. movie! What yeah, a movie! That's a good one. Yeah, that's my number three. What's your number? And my number two. Two is again Fargo, nineteen ninety six. The Coen Brothers, a very pregnant uh, Francis uh, McDormand. Mm-hmm. Mc, wait, it's McDormand. not going to be a drinking game. You're not going to get this one, Francis McDormand. Yeah. Is that right? McDormand. McDor. Is it T or D? Mm-hmm. No, McDormand. I, I think it's D. McDormand. McDormand. I think it's okay. And she's a very pregnant uh, police chief. Yeah, she's actually the police chief. Yeah. What a great movie. That's my number two. My number two yes. is a movie from 1986. Ira, are you ready to be wowed? Wait. Let me look at. No, my you don't scoops. got it. You don't got this. You one. don't think so? Nope. 1986. A very pregnant mother. <clears throat> I want to guess. Just tell us one lead character's name. The actor's name. Sigourney Weaver. Are you doing Alien? Aliens. It's on, it's on my scoop. Get the fuck out. It is. I'll sh- yeah? It's on my scoop. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to think out of the box. Now, Go aliens, ahead. You talk. Now, you talk. I, don't, I don't want to say <laughs> Aliens 3 because, or Alien 3 because she was pregnant. Sigourney Weaver was pregnant. But I would say the actual alien mother, like the, you know, the, the main alien, she was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, that was a mother. And a female. Yeah. So it's a female mother birth. Yeah. Aliens, I, 1986. I had it on my scoop. I oh. love it. You and I have been together I, way been too together, long. We've been spending too much time together. Uh, this is getting very homoerotic. I Ira, what's your number one? It. And my number one, I don't think is a cheat. I really mean this. Rosa. Really? Yes. Roma, you mean. What did I say? Rosa? Rosa. Oh. I know what you meant. Yeah. Roma. Yeah. I'm putting that down as my number one. Wow. I was really affected by that movie. I can see that. I understand that. I think everybody is. I get it. I totally understand it. Nice. I could appreciate that. Yeah. Roma. My number one. What's your number one? My number one is a movie from 1993, and I was very affected by this movie. I think this movie is incredible. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my entire life, and it's actually that. My Life. Have you seen My Life? Oh, no. With Michael Keaton? You've talked. Tell us about this. You've uh, I mean, the, the premise is that Michael Keaton's character has cancer, his wife is pregnant, and he really just wants to stay alive long enough to see his nice. son before he's born, uh, be- before he dies, right? So he wants to hold his son before he dies, and uh, fuck, man, it's really, really good. I mean, That's a really nice choice. I like your number one. And I like mine, Roma. We decided to go. Do you want to borrow it? I own it. Yes. Would, would you watch Can it? Can I take it home tonight? Yeah. I'll take it home tonight. Yeah. I'll watch it. Get some tissues nearby. And not those tissues, because I know what those tissues are for. <laughs> These are, oh. you're, you're going to have some crying tissues. These are going to be teardrops on your belly you instead, of, with me to instead watch of sperm it? drops you, you on your belly. Do you want to watch it with me tonight? Definitely come not. Home, come home with me. Definitely Producer not. Producer Joey. No. Can I have your husband? No. 
She's nodding, though. Hey, man, we did it. I like this. Uh, may I acknowledge, please, a few others? Sure. Now, I got kind of trippy, obviously, with thinking about this. I like, we both like out of the box, coming up with Look who's talking. original things. It's on my list. Yeah. It's on my list. I knew it would be. That's why I had to blur it out only, first. I love it. I love it. And the only reason I didn't, because the pregnancy was a small part of the film, I think. Is yeah. That right. The bulk of it was, of course, the, the child, babies, where we yeah. heard the voice. What's his name? Was the voice. Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis was that. So, um, also, in Mother, Mother! Yeah. Wasn't she? She pregnant. Yeah. 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 So, she was pregnant there, too. I also thought about... <laughs> The end of 2001 Space Odyssey, where we see the fetus. Ooh. Now, now this is, I know, I know. You like it when I, now, the uh. theme giving birth. But it is Earth giving birth to an, another species, an evolutionary step. Mother Earth? Mother, is it Mother, Mother Earth? Mother, yeah. Okay, then yeah. I might take it. Mother Earth giving birth to another evolutionary species. I thought, Robert's either going to fucking love this or hate it. One extreme or the other. I you're can appreciate sure. where you're you going. You a thumbs up on yeah. that one, aren't you? So that was another one. Um, and then I just wanted to mention two others. Not really. They're about births and they both end the same way. One is Demon Seed and the other is Embryo. Now listen, listen. Oh boy. Demon Seed was 1977 and um, Julia Christie in the last line as it goes to black with the credits, you hear, I'm alive. So the baby is actually, uh, that's scary. It was really haunting. And then the very end of Embryo, which was 1976 with Rock Hudson was in that, and Diane Ladd. And the very end of that goes to black and what you hear is, that the baby has been born. You're just giving me drops for the end of the show. (laughs) Well, that's not why I'm doing it. But it's interesting. They're both within one year of each other and they both end with virtually the same ending that, my God, this baby. But there wasn't really a mother involved because they were like born in a test tube experimentation in a box and so on. But uh, I just thought I would mention that. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) Whew. Hey, man, we did a show. Yeah. How about that? This is fun. Hey, if anybody has any pregnant mothers that we missed or any thoughts on Roma, uh, be sure to send us an email. You can send us an email to robert at antiwavepodcast.com or... Slion slash or ira at antiwavepodcast.com. Uh, or you can send us a message through our Twitter or Instagram, both of which are at AntiWavePod. Right, right. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Yeah. You can find us on iTunes. We're on, we're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. Just go to our website. Or you can go to our Patreon page and give us some money because we need a little bit to help the wheels run around here. So I if like you want to help some sponsor us, then yeah, that would help. Yes. Hey, man. Yeah, we did it. We did. Do you want to thank producer Joey or nah? <laughs> I mean, she's she's pregnant. I mean, I kind of feel like this whole show is kind of like all about. Oh, come on. Let's do it. Let's do it. Nice job, producer Joey. Hey, Robert. Yeah. Tell us what film we're doing next week. We are going to be doing Widow. Right. Is it Widows or Widow? I don't know. I think it's without an S. I think. Is it Widow? Widow. I think it's Widows. Is it with an S? Yeah. This is the one about the hijackers and they die and they the bank robbers. What? Heist. It's a heist movie. It's a heist. Steve McQueen. Yeah. God, he was great on that motorcycle. We say that, don't I? <laughs> uh, so yeah, next week we'll be talking about widows. That's great. That's great. It is great. What? You gonna wrap the show up or what? I'm I just gonna know. sit here and wait this for you to not, finish what do you it up. Now? Uh, Let's do something. Let's go bowling. All right. So until golf. next time, keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. <laughs>